Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Argosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of July 8th. In the news, Azerbaijani armed forces opened fire on Armenian villages twice this week in the Vyatstor region of Armenia. Artsakh authorities report that the Ganach Zham church in Shushi is being converted to an Orthodox church under the pretense of restoration work. And Russia responds to Canadian embassy opening in Yerevan. Last week, during their fourth meeting in Vienna, special envoys for the Armenian-Turkish dialogue Ruben Rubinian and Serdar Kilic agreed to open the Armenian-Turkish border for citizens of third countries, including launching direct air cargo trade between the two countries at the earliest opportunity. According to a statement issued by Armenia's foreign ministry, the sides also discussed other possible steps that can be undertaken towards achieving full normalization between the two countries. The sides also re-emphasized their agreements to continue the normalization process without preconditions. Yesterday, during the government cabinet meeting, Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan uh, told representatives of the government to closely cooperate with respective Turkish agencies for the implementation of the agreements reached. No further specifics about the implementation of those agreements have been made public, however. There are two border crossings on the Armenian-Turkish border. It is not known which of those crossings will be opened or how they will operate. Uh, whether it's on a regular basis or upon demand. On July 6th, Prime Minister Pashinyan had a telephone conversation with uh, Russia's President Vladimir Putin. According to the Kremlin, the call was initiated by the Armenian side. A statement issued by Pashinyan's press office reads that the two leaders discussed issues on the Armenian-Russian agenda as well as the implementation of the agreements reached between Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Russia. According to the Russian side, Pashinyan also informed Putin about the Armenia-Turkish Talks. Yesterday, Armenia's Ministry of Defense reported that Azerbaijani armed forces opened fire using different caliber firearms in the direction of Armenian positions near the village of Yalpin in the Vyotstor region. According to the ministry, the shooting stopped after Armenian forces responded with retaliatory fire. As a result of the shooting, a civilian vehicle was damaged. Two days earlier, on July 4, Azerbaijani armed forces also opened fire in the direction of the village of Khachig, again in the Vyotstor region. Azerbaijani authorities denied the incident. Prior to these two uh, separate uh, shootings, Baku had accused Armenian armed forces of firing on Azerbaijani positions, which the Armenian side uh, denied. On uh, July 4, European Council President Charles Michel and Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev discussed all issues on the Brussels agenda for our Azerbaijan-Armenia dialogue. Michel tweeted saying that the EU will continue support in addressing humanitarian connectivity and border issues as well as future peace agreement. Also this week, authorities in Artsakh reported that the Ganach Zham Church in Shushi is being turned into an Orthodox church under the pretext of uh, doing restoration. The so-called restoration can be clearly seen from photos uh, disseminated in Azerbaijani media. The pictures show that the church was blown up. However, the church was not damaged during the 2020 Artsakh war. And last week we reported that Canada will open its embassy in Yerevan, the first in the South Caucasus. A few days after the announcement by Canadian Foreign Minister Melanie Jolie, the Russian embassy in Yerevan issued a statement calling out Canada for opening the embassy in Armenia to counter Russian influence. According to the Russian embassy, this is an arrogant and dismissive step towards the country where Canada is planning to open a new embassy. The statement also poses the question of how the rhetoric of the Canadian Foreign Minister 
will affect the well-being and security of the Armenian people. On June 29, Canada's Foreign Minister uh, Jolie announced the expansion, as we said, of Canada's diplomatic presence and capacity in Central and Eastern Europe and the South Caucasus, noting that the current Canadian offices in Estonia, Lithuania, and Slovakia will be converted to full embassies to, quote, further enhance Canada's engagement in the region, help counter Russia's destabilizing activities, and increase support for what is known as Operation Reassurance. Regarding Armenia, the statement read that on ways to increase Canadian support for Armenian democracy, Canada will also open a full embassy with a resident ambassador in Armenia, allowing for stronger bilateral ties and increased Canadian support for Armenian democracy. Jolie's statement also notes that since Russia's illegal and unjustifiable invasion of Ukraine, the world is experiencing a profound geopolitical shift with political, economic, security and environmental impact, and Canada must act strategically to to promote their interests and democracy against growing authoritarian forces. This includes pushing back on Russian influence, whether they assert it through soft power, disinformation, or military force. And yesterday, Freedom House welcomed the decriminalization of grape insults in Armenia. And um, grape insults was uh, decriminalized with the new criminal code, which came in, into force on July 1. At the same time, it urged Armenia's prime minister to take the concerns of the media seriously and leverage direct communication channels, including through open and transparent press conferences to ensure a healthy, functioning democracy, adding that the Armenian authorities should support the independent media and civil society by maintaining an active dialogue with them and the people to counteract disinformation that poses a threat to Armenian democracy around crucial topics for the country. Last week, Prime Minister Pashinyan gave an online press conference for which media outlets and civil society representatives had to send questions in advance. This was the fourth press conference Pashinyan gave in this particular format since uh, the pandemic. Several news organizations had boycotted the for, uh, the format of the press conference. You know, they were saying uh, the no restric- uh, pandemic-related res- uh, restrictions. Why don't we do this sure. uh, in person so that we can ask our questions without them being pre-edited? Filtered. Filtered. Right. Well, uh, more on diplomatic news. This week, Foreign Minister Art Museum was in Spain for an official visit where he met his Spanish counterpart and other high-ranking officials. Mirzoyan discussed the prospects for the development of cooperation between Armenia and Spain in the fields of trade and economy with Spanish officials. Implementation of programs in IT, renewable energy, tourism, creative education, and a number of other fields were also discussed during a joint press conference with his uh, Spanish counterpart. Arat Mirzoyan described the launch of the first Armenian satellite into space in cooperation with Spain as a significant example of Armenian-Spanish cooperation. Also, the Security Council Secretary of Iran visited Yerevan this week, where he was received by Armenia Security Council Secretary Armen Grigorian and Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan. According to Pashinyan's press office, the Iranian official emphasized that Iran considers any attempt to change the geopolitical situation in the region unacceptable and noted that his country also supports the process of unblocking transport infrastructures within the framework of preserving the territorial integrity and sovereignty of states. Following the 
2020 Arsakh war, various Iranian officials have made similar statements. The talks between the Iranian and Armenian officials focused on regional security and Armenian-Iranian economic cooperation. This week, the eighth session of the Armenian-Indian Intergovernmental Commission on Cooperation in the Fields of Trade, Economy, Technology, Science, Education, and Culture took place in Yerevan, uh, where India was represented by Foreign Ministry Secretary for the West, Sanjay Verma. According to a statement issued by Armenia's Foreign Ministry, at the end of the session, Arad Mirzoyan and Sanjay Verma signed a protocol of cooperation. In addition, Armenia's finance minister, Dikran Khachatryan, and the ambassador of India to Armenia, Kishan Del Dival, signed a memorandum of understanding between their respective governments uh, regarding Indian grant assistance for the implementation of high-impact community development projects. During a meeting between Mirzoyan and Verma, the sides discussed the prospects of further deepening cooperation in the fields of economy, information, and high technologies, healthcare, education, infrastructure, and community development, and also emergency situations. On July 6, U.S. lawmakers introduced a bipartisan amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act of the 2023 fiscal year, calling for a report on Azerbaijan's activities during the 2020 Artsakh war to be submitted to Congress by the Secretary of Defense. The report would detail the use of U.S. parts in Turkish drones that were used by Azerbaijan against Armenia and Artsakh, Azerbaijan's use of white phosphorus, cluster bombs, and other prohibited munitions uh, deployed, including Turkey's and Azerbaijan's recruitment of foreign terrorist fighters during the 2020 Artsakh war. The Armenian National Committee of America is leading a grassroots effort to secure additional co-sponsors prior to next week's House Rules Committee consideration of the amendment. The amendment will be voted on by the full U.S. House next week. And in local news, on July 6, during an extraordinary session, the Armenian parliament approved amendments to the law on national defense, according to which the chief of the general staff of the army will also assume the role of the first deputy defense minister. According to Defense Minister Suren Papikian, these changes will ensure more effective reporting on the armed forces to the defense minister. The amendments were adopted by the ruling civil contract faction MPs unanimously. The opposition did not attend the parliament session. And during the cabinet meeting on July 7, the government approved amendments to the law on military service and the status of servicemen. The adoption of the bill was justified by the need to enable granting deferment from mandatory military service to citizens um, young men majoring in priority or important specializations for the country, the government will define um, the universities and the order and conditions of studying in relevant majors. The government's decision uh, still needs to be discussed and voted on in parliament. Last week, Agik Jahangirian, the acting head of Armenia's Supreme Judicial Council, resigned, citing health issues as a reason. Jahangirian was caught up in a scandal two weeks ago. Former Supreme Judicial Council head Ruben Vartasarian published an audio recording in which Jahangirian offered Vartasarian uh, to resign to avoid prosecution. The opposition and representatives of civil society demanded John Girian's resignation following the uh, publication of the recording. Last week, opposition members of parliament from the Armenia and I Have Honor alliances resigned from their administrative positions in parliament following a vote by the ruling civil contract, which stripped Deputy Speaker Ishan Saratelian and Deputy Head of the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Economic Issues, Vahe Hagopian, of their positions.
Tagit of Masian, who is a non-partisan member of the I Have Honor Alliance, decided to keep her position as deputy head of the Parliamentary Committee on Human Rights. But this week, Armia Alliance member Artur Ghazinyan put down his mandate without giving a specific reason. Ghazinyan was the opposition's candidate for the position of deputy chairman of the Parliamentary Committee on Security Issues. The parliament failed to elect him for the position after more than 10 attempts. He was in every <laughs> week in review uh, for a time That's being. Right. And on July 5, Armenia marked Constitution Day. Armenia's constitution was adopted in 1995 uh, and was amended in 2005 under second president Robert Kocharyan, shifting from a presidential to a semi-presidential form of government, and in 2015 under third president Serge Sarkisian, changing the government system yet again from semi-presidential to parliamentary. Nigol Pashinyan's government also initiated constitutional reforms. An expert commission has already been set up to work on the reform package. While it was announced by government officials numerous times that a shift back to semi-presidential governmental system will be on the agenda of the reforms, in a message on the occasion of Constitution Day, Pashinyan announced that Armenia must adhere to the parliamentary form of government. According to uh, the Prime Minister, the events of 2021, this is the post-war crisis proved that this system provides a more effective mechanism for crisis management, involvement, and decisive participation of the people in the political debate. Well, that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend, and we'll be back again next week.